You're listening to Weekend Edition here on Michigan Radio. If you have one staff, as in a stick, and then you add another staff, you now run into the question of whether you have two staffs or two staves. That's what they say. Good morning, I'm Rebecca Kruth, and here with us now over Skype is University of Michigan English professor Anne Curzan. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. And this week's question comes from a listener named Nadia. Nadia says, can you talk about why the phrase stave off means to ward something off, but stave describes a narrow piece of wood? Nadia says, I'm trying to imagine a connection between wood and warding things away, but I think I'm straying into the absurd. What do you think, Anne? Is that where this is going? No, it's not absurd at all. There is a connection between the piece of wood and the verb stave off. So let me explain. We need to start with a staff in the sense of a stick carried in the hand to aid with walking or maybe as a weapon. This goes back to Old English and the plural of staff was staves. And that may seem odd, but actually it was systematic. You have staff staves the same way you have leaf leaves, wife wives. And much as I would like to go into a whole discussion of that, we're going to stick with the staff. Another day. (laughs) Another day. So a staff also by the 12th century could refer to part of the insignia of the Episcopal office or a rod or wand used for ceremonial purposes, official purposes. It also, and this is important, could refer to the thin, narrow pieces of wood which were put side by side and hooped to form the side of a cask or a barrel. And that piece of wood also came to be known as a stave. And stave was a back formation from staves, that once you had this plural staves, people could reinterpret it and say, oh, you have one stave, many staves. And that stave, to refer to the part of a cask or a barrel, is where the verb comes from. So the earliest uses of stave as a verb refer to breaking down a cask into the staves it was made from. So if you were shipping things in a cask and you wanted to get to them, you needed to stave the cask. Stave the cask and get that stuff out of there. Exactly. And then over time, the verb picks up other meanings, such as putting together staves in order to form or repair a cask, to drive a hole in or crush inwards, and to drive off by hitting with a staff. And that's the meaning that comes to be used figuratively to mean ward off. Now, Rebecca, what do you typically stave off? I tend to stave off things like hunger, or I might be trying to stave off a cold, things that I can't necessarily touch, not like a person or maybe a wild animal that's trying to attack. And what is your past tense of stave as in stave off? I'm worried that this is a trick question. Um, Staved? Sounds good to me. All right. And that's historically the past tense of stave is staved. Now, in the 1700s and 1800s, stave developed an irregular past tense, and you could say stove off. But most usage guides now will say that staved off is the regular past tense. Now, before we finish, Rebecca, we need to go back to the question we started with, which is what is the plural of staff? So if you were referring to staff as a stick and you had many of them, what's your plural? So I don't often talk about, you know, many staffs. I suppose if I was playing a video game and collecting special items, I might say, wow, I've collected all the staffs in that game. I like it. So in that context, you have staffs. Believe it or not, usage guides have spent a lot of time discussing this plural question. 
And the consensus is that sticks and rods used as weapons or in ceremonies are typically staves. In all other contexts, they are staffs. And it's worth noting here that stave and staff also have a musical meaning, the lines in music notation. Yes, and as you note, that is where the notes go. (laughs) That is where the notes go, and that can be a staff or stave. Staff also, of course, refers to bodies of employees, and we're going to have to save that topic for another show. Well, Anne, thanks so much for rescuing us from the land of the absurd, although it is kind of a fun place. Always fun, Rebecca. Have a great Sunday. Anne Curzan is a professor of English at the University of Michigan. We look at the evolution of language every Sunday morning here on Weekend Edition. If you can't always catch us on Sunday, you can subscribe on iTunes. Just search for That's What They Say. And if you have a question about our ever-changing language, email us at language at michiganradio.org.